Well, good morning. I'm Jeff, one of the pastors, and um, super excited about being here this morning and talking uh, from the Word and where we're headed together as a church. We finished the summer in the Scriptures. We had a summer in the Scriptures. It was so fun. Was it not fun? Was it not fun? How many of you on the guilt scale felt like it was more fun, guilty than fun, but, you know, anybody... We pressed pretty hard. I like that because we never press you guys. We're like, what? Take your time. And we just totally pressed you. I thought it was great. And, uh, and we had a great time in the scriptures. I thought it was a really fun way to spend the summer. And I'm hoping that it's translating into a little bit of, you know, like, where's that uh, taking you from here in terms of your time in the word? You may have been like me, which was when my calendar ended and I was super faithful because I was up here giving you a really hard time. So I was like, oh, crud. I was in the word. Like, I didn't want to miss it because then I could give you a hard time. And... Um, and then when I got to the end of it, like I fell off a cliff. Like I, I think I lost my Bible for like a week. Like I'm a, so uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll stay in the word and we'll, have a, we'll find a plan and maybe the electronic plan that you used was a good plan and you can find another one to, to read and it'll, it'll keep with you or however, however it, uh, the habits became ingrained. I hope that that continues on. Uh, I wanna read the text that we're gonna get into this morning and I'm gonna introduce really a year for us and all the mini-series that are going to go on in the next year. But um, if you have your Bible and want to look at it there or look at it in front of you, it's 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, and it'll be on the screen as well. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, and he begins sort of the, 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 the main point that we're going to get to. He begins by saying, 2 Corinthians 1, 17 and following, you may be asking why I changed my plan, he says to the Corinthians. Do you think that I make my plans carelessly? Do you think that I'm like people of the world who say yes and no when they really mean no? Sorry. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. And this is his main point. For Jesus Christ, the son of God, does not waver between yes and no. You see, he's talking about Jesus' faithfulness. He had a little personal thing going on with him, but he switches it right over to talk about God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. This is the one whom Silas and Timothy and I preach to you. As God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, don't go to the next one. Stay to that verse. I want you to read that one again, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. Verse 21. And now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That's the word of the Lord. Did you hear the words yes and amen? And I heard somebody say amen. Did you hear the words yes and amen in that text? If you look back at verse 20, for no matter how many promises are made, God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the what? The amen, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yes and amen was that song that we just sang. And friends, we're going to talk this year about the year of yes. 
And it won't be a series for a whole year, so you won't be super burdened by that. It'll be a mini-series. Next, in September, we're gonna do a sermon on the, uh, a series on the promises. And then October, November, we're gonna do a series on hope. And then we're gonna have Advent. And then in the spring, we're gonna do a series on finding your yes and calling and giftedness and place. And then we're gonna do stories of faith. And we're, we're gonna do all kinds of things. But the overall picture is this idea of a year of yes, because we think it's a biblical principle, this idea of yes. Many of us, you guys, Many of us have lost our heart. We've lost heart and we've lost our hearts. We've lost the place from within us where that deep energy comes up and guides us and motivates us and makes us passionate about the deepest and richest things in life, even when sometimes they may be counterintuitive or they may be against all odds. A lot of us have lost our hearts. We've been defeated in some battles that we've been fighting, or maybe even one battle in particular has just taken us out of the game. Or some dream that we've had has ultimately and finally crumbled. Many of us have lost our hearts. And even if most of our lives and most of our relationship with God is okay, we'd give ourselves a C or a C plus, there may be this one place, this one area, this one thing, this one wound, this one disappointment that if we were to admit it, we would say it has taken my heart out of the game. In fact, when we were young, we, we didn't have that. Life hadn't kind of beaten that out of us yet. Life was full of possibilities. I, I, I spoke at a, uh, uh, at a men's fellowship in the city, NCS. You're going to hear about it, New Canaan Society. It's a group of, of, uh, of professional men that are in the city that meet together for fellowship. And it is a powerful group of guys. And they're learning how to live for Christ and bring Christ into the marketplace in ways that are relevant and real. It is an awesome group. NCS, look it up. And uh, we'll, we'll actually bring a little video and tell you about what they're doing at some point here pretty quick. Anyway, I was speaking to those guys and the icebreaker that morning was, uh, as we were eating bagels and hanging out before I spoke, was, what did you want to be when you grew up? So all these dudes in the financial district, all these dudes doing the fast lane, San Francisco professional life, sitting around this nice conference table on the 32nd floor of some building or whatever. And the question was, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I don't think one guy said whatever his job is now. Because as a, as, a, uh, as a kid, as a, it was always full of some sort of a hope and dream that you know, either was not pragmatic at all or was not gonna make them a living or that their parents beat the, the, you know, that nonsense out of them at some point. But it was so funny to ask grown men, what did you wanna do when you were a kid for a living? And we went around the circle and I think like 85% of them was professional baseball player, right? Uh, backhoe operator. <laughs> when we're young, we're in touch with our hearts. When we're young in our faith, we're in touch with our hearts. There's this enthusiasm. There's this spirit of yes. There's this confidence. There's this optimism that a life after a while and the disappointments after a while and the mystery about how God works and sometimes doesn't work sort of takes us out of the game to some degree. I wrote in my notes, yeah, and then at some point we were parented out of that nonsense. I was that way with my kids as a parent. I wanted to be a parent that said yes all the time to my kids. Not in a spoiling kind of way, because I was never going to spoil my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm a punk. I'm mean. But I was never going to spoil my kids, but I wanted to be a dad who said yes all the time. And so then my no had some meaning, you know. But man, by the third or fourth, I don't know, I lost count. By, you know, all the kids we were popping out. I, by the end, I was like, No. It just feels like too much trouble to me, you know? 
It's just, you know, it would be, Daddy, you know, it would be a great idea. And, I'm, and I, inside, I want to go, yes, paint my toenails. Let's go outside and make a fort. I would be like, no, you know. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, life sort of does that to us. But man, in the youth, all things are possible. This hope, this, yeah, it's possible. Uh, I met a new friend this week. Linda and I met a new friend this week. I was cycling on my lunch hour on Thursday and I ran into a guy from England, a guy in his 20s who was riding his bike from Canada to Mexico because that's what you do when you're in your 20s. Am I right? You know how many years I've wanted to ride and now I just go, how is that? Yeah, no, right? He was going to ride coast to coast, couldn't get a visa for long enough. So he rode border to border. He's riding border to border. He was going to go live in Australia at the last minute. He pulled his visa out and applied for one to go ride his bike. Like, I don't know. I'll go live in Australia. No, I'll ride my bike across the country, right? Just, just this youthful, and he was so fun to be around. And so I ran into him in Sausalito, and he said, so where's San Francisco? That's what he said to me on the corner. He's all, excuse me, where's San Francisco? And I'm like, where are you coming from? And he's like, you know, Canada, mate. You know, and I'm like, do you have a map? You know? He was so unprepared for this trip. The guy, my heart just went to him right away. He was so fun. And I'm like, well, I'm riding through Sausalito. I'll take you with me. I'll take you to the bridge. I'll show you where we're going. Where are you staying tonight? And he said, oh, it's a lovely sounding place. I'm going to be in the Tenderloin. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'm like, have you been to the Tenderloin? Have you heard about it? He said, no, but I got a hostel for $19. So when I dropped him off at the Golden Gate Bridge, um, and he didn't really have a plan for getting down to uh, Mexico, and then he was, <laughs> anyway, so, and you know me, right? And I started to feel all parental about it. I'm like, do you have a plan for that, you know? And uh, so when I dropped him off, I, I, I gave him my phone number, and I said, listen, you, if you need me to come rescue you, you just call me. Like, I got your back. Like, I'm your guy. Like, you call me. And he's like, okay, I think I'll be fine, mate. And so... Uh, I got a text several hours later. <laughs> he said, I'm in the Tenderloin. Would it be possible to stay with you tomorrow night? <laughs> and of course, I said, yeah, that's no problem, but I live like 20 miles from San Francisco, so we got to work out. He said, oh, no, no, I'll just ride up there. You know, right? right? Is it you? I'll just ride up there. I'll just get on my bike and come. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. We went and got him, and he stayed at our house, and our kids enjoyed him, and he just told us stories, and he's out of control. I just love... I love men in their 20s because the world hasn't taken their heart out of them yet. Some of us have lost our hearts. And when our hearts reach out and hope and long for joy and dreams that we feel like are somewhere buried in the essence of who we are, the essence of our image made in the, in, in the image of God, there's been some disillusionment and some disappointment. And so in the end, we end up becoming experts in no, in why things can't happen, as opposed to experts in yes. And so we think it's time to spend a year of yes. And it's not going to be a year of positive thinking, because you know, you can go out and get a bunch of positive thinking books, and that will be a lot of a waste of money, most of them, because here's a positive thinking book, say, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And all those men who wanted to be professional baseball players, but then couldn't hit a curveball, <laughs> even though they believed they could. This isn't positive thinking. This is a solid, biblical, rooted in the scriptures, theological stance that all of God's promises are yes. 
in Christ. It's an affirmation of what is possible, what is actually happening in reality, who God is and who we are and the nature of the kingdom of God coming on earth by the Holy Spirit within us. This is a biblically rooted consideration of what is possible with God. You look at verse 20 again. Is it up there on the, on, on the scriptures? For no matter how many promises, no matter how many promises, whatever the number is the word. In fact, I was reading in my Italian Bible and it had this, it, this great per quante. This, this, no matter how many, however many, right, George? Like however many there are. They're yes in Christ. He is faithful. Remember the context? Am I like regular humans who say yes and no? I'm wavering. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't waver. And when God promises, it is yes. So every promise that we see, every longing that we have, every dream that we can conceive of that comes from God, everything that's in, that the scriptures paint the picture of, of who we're to be as kingdom people filled with the spirit of God, with power and transformation and hope and rescuing and joy and grace and a message to the world, all of that stuff, it can happen. That is not positive thinking, friends. That is a biblically rooted life. You with me where we're going with this? And so the year of yes, the year of yes, the year of of course, not instead of the year of sort of I doubt it. The year of why not instead of probably not. The year of what is possible instead of focusing on what hasn't happened or what isn't happening. The year of we can find a way as opposed to becoming such experts in critical thinking. One of the things I've learned in working with groups and ministry groups and small groups all of my career is, man, the smartest guy in the room can always figure out why this is a bad idea and why this will never happen and what the possible, possible hindrances are in it. And those people are important in groups, right? Because they say, if we considered that this might happen, right? But simply being a critic is not being a spirit-filled Christian. And sometimes we pride ourselves in, well, let me tell you children, all right, here's all the possible ways you could die this week. And that makes me really smart and a good parent. No, it doesn't. That makes you a, a negator. That makes you a fear monger. That makes you someone who is stuck in the critical thinking when all of God's promises are yes. Do we live that way? Do we live that way in our spiritual journey? Do we live that way as a church? We think it's time to have a year of yes. And so you see there in my outline that there's just a couple of points I'm gonna make this morning in launching into this. And again, we're not gonna talk about yes necessarily all year long. We're gonna talk about promises for a month, for example. We're gonna talk about hope. But we're always gonna have this hashtag yes in Christ. You're always gonna see a hashtag yes in Christ. And we're gonna start posting some things on Facebook, hashtag yes in Christ. We're gonna start hearing some stories from you and from us about the yeses that God is doing. Hashtag yes in Christ. It's because this isn't positive thinking. It's not just yes. It's yes in Christ. But it's just a couple things I wanna say this morning. One is he says yes in Christ. That's what the text is teaching us in 2 Corinthians chapter one. He says yes. God is a God of yes. Some of us grew up with that being a foreign concept. We would never have done a sermon series on yes in Christ or a year of yes if it wasn't this black and white in the Bible because many of you would thought, what is that new age positive thinking you're talking about? Because we think of God as a no God. Don't do this. Stop doing that. These things aren't possible. This is, this is a yes God. It's yes in Christ. 
He says, yes. We're going to remind ourselves, rehearse these truths that God is saying yes. What does this mean that God is saying yes? That no matter how many promises he's made, they are yes in Christ. This is what it means, friends. That all of God's reality, all of God's promise to be present, all of God's heart for us and for the world, all of God's power and rescuing and goodness, all of those things have come into effect permanently because of Jesus. Did you track with that with me? All of God's reality, his presence, his power, his rescuing, his grace, his love, his transformation, his being able to transform, transform us, all of those things have permanently come into effect through Christ. That's the good news. Because of Jesus coming, God's divine self-revelation. That's Jesus. I want you to know me, I'm gonna show up. Because of Jesus, his divine revelation, and then of course, his death and his resurrection on the cross, which wiped out the penalty of sin for the whole world. Anybody who says yes to that gift can receive it freely. Because of Jesus, God's reality, presence, power, rescuing is yes. It's real. It's available. It has come into permanent effect, effect in Christ. It's, it's available for us. So he's saying yes in Christ. He's saying, yes, we can do this. He's saying, yes, what's possible? He's saying, yes, there's transformation. He's saying, yes, there are miracles. He's saying, yes, there's hope. He's saying, yes, there's help. He's saying, yes, there's salvation. Do, do you hear me? He says, yes, this is a truth that we, it's time that we rehearse for a season because many of us have lost our hearts and many of us have grown hopeless and many of us have seen the world and think it's spiraling down and winning and God is absent. It's time to rehearse the truth that it is, he is saying yes in Christ. God said yes. He's saying this whole God thing, this whole thing that your heart is hoping and longing is true, it's true. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will come and bring my Holy Spirit and he will indwell you and give you a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. I will come and I will whisper in your ear to walk this way and to walk that way. And no longer will people have to teach you about me, but I will be in you and I will be with you. And I will take your sins because of what Jesus did and I will cast them as far as the east is from the west. And you will become more and more like my glorious son with ever increasing glory. Friends, those words are all right out of the Bible. The bottom line is, this thing's possible. It's yes in him. And so we can live like he's a God of yes and all his promises will be true. So we take heart. So we get to take heart. We don't lose our hearts. What our hearts are longing and dreaming for, we're gonna rehearse the truth that God comes along and goes, yes, yes to that stuff. 
And so we take heart as opposed to lose heart. And when we take heart, that's why we're talking about his promises and that's why we're gonna talk about hope and that's why we're gonna talk about other people's faith stories and that's why. When, when we take heart, then we stay in the game. We stay in the game. We keep leaning into God going, here's a longing God and I'm, and I'm tempted and I'm trained to believe that it wouldn't happen. But all his promises are yes in Christ. And so we stay in the game and we don't end up getting beat down. So friends, and maybe this is the only message you need to hear today. And maybe this is just a reminder that is sort of duh, but you need it again today. That what is in your heart, the longing for freedom from brokenness, from sin, from compulsion, from addiction, the longing for joy, the longing for change, transformation, the longing to see God show up in some of your relationships and in our world. That stuff that's in your heart, that's from God and it's yes. And we cannot lose heart because he is faithful and his promises are true. And we gotta remember that and remind ourselves of that and persevere and keep seeking and finding Jesus. So he says yes, that's the main point. Secondly, and just as simply, and we say yes. It's a year of yes because he says yes, and we say yes. We say yes in Christ. We respond. We're gonna say hashtag yes in Christ. Don't write me an email without saying hashtag yes in Christ, okay? Don't do that. I, am, I need a reminder for the next several months, I want a hashtag yes in Christ. You post on my Facebook page, I want it to say hashtag yes in Christ. If you do a Facebook uh, search right now of hashtag yes in Christ, it'll come up with Ben Kearns, that's it. The only person anywhere on all of Facebook that is hashtag yes in Christ is Ben Kearns right now. And it's about us planning this sermon series. Let's fill it up. yes. In Christ. We're going to say yes. It's a reminder not only of this yes idea, it's, not a remi- it's, it's a reminder of his, the divine yes, but it's also a reminder of my yes, of my response to his yes. If you look at verse 20 again, it uses the word amen. For no matter how many promises, however many he makes, however crazy they look, wherever you see them in the scriptures, no matter, and that's the tone of it. It's for no matter how many promises. And I'm going backwards, but I, I got to make the point. No matter how many promises, it's making the point like, like you could almost see it in parentheses. Don't you think that some of the stuff you read is just crazy? Yes. So no matter how many promises you see, no matter how far-fetched they look, no matter how far from completion they look in our world or even in your own personal life, their yes in Christ and our Lord and Savior Jesus does not waver. It isn't yes and no and maybe. It's yes. God will fulfill his promises. And then we respond, it says, so no matter how many promises there are, God has, God has made their yes in Christ and so through him the what? Amen is spoken by us. So we then say amen. God says yes and we say amen. God says yes and we say yes. That's the, that's the tone of it. That's the parallelism of it. We go yes. God says yes and we say yes. We go okay. We're gonna respond all right. We're gonna, you know what, what amen means? Amen means yes, it's true or, and, and may it be true. 
it's sort of a, yeah, that's true. And, it, and, and may that be true. But we're going to say amen to that. We're going to say, I love just that simple listen. God says yes to us. So we're going to say, all right, bring it. God goes, trust in my promises. I can still do work. Lean into me. Be spirit-filled people. Let's do this thing the way that I designed to do it. It's yes in Christ. And we go, okay. There's always this response. See, we think our Christianity is some sort of a religion where we're mustering up some power or some change or some effect. We create these little dust these little dust bubbles around us like, ooh, look at me, I'm doing stuff, man. God is like, man, I, that is all in the heavenlies. I, yes, you just respond. You say yes. Listen, God's looking for people. He has already said, all these things are yes in Christ. He's looking for a people who will also say, okay. The things that have not yet happened in our world, the things that have not yet happened with the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, the things that have not yet happened in your life have not yet happened because we haven't yet fully developed our yes. Some of those things won't be fully developed until the kingdom comes in its fullness. I know that. You're not going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. God's not going to come fully until that day. But between now and then, we go, okay, we're bringing our yes to his yes. He says yes, we say yes. We say amen. I love the word amen. I think that's a good word. Is there any possibility that when you're writing a, uh, me an email, you, you put hashtag yes in Christ? And is there any other possibility that sometimes in our church when someone speaks of God's yes, that you'll say amen? amen. Wouldn't that be cool? I'll try really hard and we'll try with each other, right, Art, to not do the can I get an amen? Because then what are you supposed to do? That's lame. So we will try hard not to do that. But is there a possibility that somewhere along the line, you're going to hear God's yeses in a way that will make you go, okay, or amen, or bring that? We're going to rehearse that truth too, that we say Yes. In fact, if you go through it, let me just do a couple quick ones. We say yes in response to a number of things. We say yes in response to his promises. We say, when, when there's a promise, we say amen. Yes, God, when we hear a promise, when we read it in the scriptures, we go, yes, like make that happen. You guys, this is our confession. This is our agreement with God that what we've heard is true, that we agree with it, that that is truth. And that's why I keep saying, using the words, rehearse the truth. Let's, let's rehearse that truth. If God has made a promise, let's keep reminding ourselves that he is being faithful, that, that promise is yes in Christ. Let's keep going, hey, hang in there. You gotta hang in there, that's a yes. And so we'll go, amen, yes, we want that. Like here's a promise, Jeremiah eleven five. God is saying, then I'm going to fulfill, and it's this whole context of what God's going to do. Then I'm going to fulfill the oath I swore to your ancestors to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, the land you possess today. Okay, I'm going to fulfill this oath. And then Jeremiah said, I answered, amen, Lord. I answered, so be it. I answered, may it be. I answered, do that. It would be really cool that when we hear people when we hear it out of the scriptures, a, a, a promise being offered that just people start going, do that. <laughs> when you play, pray with your friends in small group and somebody says, Lord, we know that you've promised comfort for the afflicted. I want people to blurt out, do that. Make that happen, God, that thing. We want that to be the case. 
We respond to promises by saying, hey, amen, yes, so be it. We're, we're going to respond to praise. You see that in the scriptures. You respond to praise. We say, amen, that's true. So it is, God. So it is. This truth about you, this is my confession and my agreement. This is true. Revelation, there's a passage that's this whole crazy praise and, of the heavenly creatures. And, and you see this in verse 13 and following. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And when all of these beings are worshiping and they're giving that praise to God when they're speaking the praises out, then these four living creatures said amen and, and the elders fell down and worship this picture in heaven. When people were uttering praises, when people were speaking truths about what was true and glorious and beautiful about God, then the people who heard it said, yes, I'm agreeing with that. That is my agreement. If I was that articulate, I would have said it. If I could think of it in my heart, but I'm all beat down right now, I would have given that praise. But that praise is true. That praise is true, God. I agree with that praise. Yes, God. And we say amen. This is, this is the kind of yeses that we have. We say yes to these promises. We say yes to praise. We say yes to prayers. That's how we usually think about amen, right? That we say yes to prayers. We say, yes, God, bring it. But usually we say yes to prayer like it's, a, um, like it's a abracadabra. Like at the end, it's the magic words that will bring power to what we just prayed to God, right? And sometimes, if you're honest, when people are praying, you're actually thinking about what you're gonna have for lunch. And then at the end, you go, Amen. And then you feel like you participated. It's awesome. <laughs> but what we're really talking about is rehearsing these truths of promises and praises and prayers that we actually engage in those things, even though we have short-term issues, attention deficits. We try to engage in those things and then we do say, yes, God, amen. This is our yes. You, you get that this is not about the word amen, right? This is about us bringing our yes to the game our affirmation, our confession, that I believe this, that I'm gonna rehearse this truth, God's yeses and then my yeses. And so I'm gonna come and say, yeah, I agree with that, God. I wanna do that. In fact, there's a, there's a, a, a scripture that I want you to see about this prayer. Psalm starts out with a praise, Psalm 72, 19. Praise be to his glorious name forever. And then this prayer, may the whole earth be filled with his glory. The psalmist has been doing this praise and then has this prayer. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. God, would you come and be present in this world? Would you do your thing? Be God in our world. This is this awesome prayer. And then the psalmist himself amens that yes in God. The psalmist himself says amen and amen. So be it, that's true. And may, and may it be true, may it come. So we say amen, yes, precisely God, that prayer. We agree, may God do that. Just trying to paint the picture where you see the word amen in the scriptures. That he says yes and we say yes. These promises are true and he's waiting for a people who will say, okay, then here's our yes. We're gonna live like those things are true. We're gonna lean into those things. Your promises, your praises, your prayers. We're gonna engage and rehearse these truths and bring our yes. And, and the last one isn't really in our text that we studied, but it is so important and that is that in response to calling, we say amen, we say yes. In response to calling, we say okay. I mean, if this is a spirit-filled journey of rehearsing the truth that God is present, and we're gonna bring our yes to the table, 
than when we hear the spirit of God nudging and whispering and leading and dra- or dragging us down a particular path, then we're gonna be a people who will go, here I am, God. Here I am. You send me. This is my yes. I will always say yes to you. You wanna kill something in me, I'm gonna say yes to you, God. You wanna lead me somewhere that I'm terrified to go, then I'm gonna say yes to, to you. You're gonna lead me to the edge of some risky place that I'm gonna say yes to you. If you're leading, I'm gonna say yes to you. And the reason we may not have seen God's power unleashed in our world or in our church or in our lives the way that we've dreamt is that we haven't given our yes all the way. And this journey is a process of more and more yes to more and more of what we understand God's yeses have already been in Christ. This is the year of yes. We think we're going to need to remind and rehearse these truths, these encouragements to live into yes. He says yes, and we say yes. His yeses in Christ, that this whole thing is possible. And our yeses, our amens, we we say amen to the glory of God, is us saying, okay, I'm in. I believe that. Those are my words. I'll go. These are our yeses. And that's our response. Now, lest we feel overwhelmed by that, you know, this teaching just has these last two verses, verses 21 and 22, that you see it. You go to that text um, for me, Davis, verses 21 and 22. Now it's God who makes both you and us stand firm in Christ. It's God who does this work. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirits in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This is a spirit-filled endeavor. I'm not asking you for all you can do for God. I'm asking you to say yes and put yourself in the places where the Holy Spirit, this is God who makes us stand firm and anoints us and fills us and empowers us. It is through him that we say amen. Did you catch that in verse 20 earlier on in the sermon? Through him. It's through him that we say amen to the glory of God. It's through him that we submit ourselves. We come to a place of saying, right here I am, send me. It's through the spirit of God. So as a people of God, we go, okay, Come fill us, God, so we can be your people. Come fill us so we can be your people. Come fill us so that through you we go, amen and yes. Now come band and lead us in this this song again as I wrap wrap up this moment and have us um, sing together. I don't know where this struck you this morning, this thought. Some of you may have been struck with, oh, yes, it's so, so positive thinking or whatever. And I hope that I disavowed you of any notion that this is not, that, I mean, this is a biblical concept of God's yes and then our response. And maybe what struck you is a sense that you have lost heart. If that's true for you, that what you believed could be possible through walking with Christ in your own 
transformation in your own relationships in this world? If what you believed could be possible has really come and kind of been dashed on the rocks of disappointment and disillusionment. This is a series, this is a year for us to rehearse the truth and say, it is not yes and no in God. All of his promises are yes in Christ. And maybe it's a season of renewal for you to say, so I'll say, so be it to the glory of God. I'll say, I submit myself to your Holy Spirit, God. Let's see where this yes takes me. Help me recapture my heart. May God fill all of us, individuals and a church, with his spirit who has given us a deposit guaranteeing what will come. Guaranteeing what's possible. Guaranteeing what can happen. And may his spirit lead us for his glory. Let's stand together and finish our time in this worship.